How much you got, Joe? What? Total. You put down 80,000 like it didn't matter. That's a lot of money for somebody like you and him. I think it matters. What's the difference? I'm a millionaire. That's the difference. I lose 80, I get another 80. For me, it doesn't matter. See, I think it's you who's sweating this. The both of you. People in pool rooms don't come across this kind of tank but once in a lifetime. And now you're going to put it all on the line against John because you think he's going to choke? I don't think so. I think he's going to choke. You want to shoot it all? Let's shoot it all. How much you got in your pocket? I got a couple of thousand. You? 500. What about your ring? What? How much for your ring? You want my ring? You said it, Joe. Shoot it all. What's it worth to you? I paid 2800 for it. 3000 Covered. I'm going to leave you with nothing. Nick, make sure, please. It's all there. I'm going to have a drink. You want to have a drink? This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. And the cut line is going back to Cali as the PGA Tour starts its West Coast swing. Guess what? No pro-am. No more slow golf. No 15-hour rounds. But this is still the American Express Open. And yes, the pros are still getting their strokes on two courses. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, Australia. Hello, UK. Specifically, we want to give a shout out to our listeners on the West Coast as they far outnumber those everywhere else. East Coast, you got to get your act together, man. Come on. But before we get to the heart of the show, please take the time to subscribe on iTunes and, of course, give us a review. We love the feedback from our listeners, and it's always welcome here on the, on the cut line. Oh, how can we forget Indiana? Hey, where did you get those clothes? At the toilet store? We are doing our best to get the listenership down in that state. We're trying to get you off the show, man. We're trying to get you off the show. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. The Fitbit wearing, tailor-made driving, typically in the 80s slash 90s. Want to be in the 70s, son of a gun. And you want to know what's causing all this? Love for the game, my man. Growing the game. Growing golf. It's as simple as that. Oh, this is the worst looking hat I ever saw. Well, you buy a hat like this, I bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Oh, it looks good on you, though. Sony Open is over and left us with another Kevin Na win. All of us have to start putting like that guy. And we are going to go straight into our good, bad, and ugly. Let's start with the good. Kevin Na with a win. Who doesn't like a Kevin Na win? Had him in some lineups. But still, that was probably the best part of this weekend. Loved seeing him hit off the concrete with a fairway, uh, with a hybrid, actually. Um, was hoping to see some sparks, but he hit it so pure. It was awesome. If you haven't seen that shot, check it out on YouTube. Search for it on Twitter, wherever. The bad. <clears throat> the chalk hit everywhere. 
over some 20-some percent of 6 to 6 lineups in all, in all GPP tournaments. So you were forced to get really lucky if you were winning that thing. And then the ugly, of course, is if you got 6 of 6, which I have plenty of them, but you knew by the end of round two that you just had no shot to win just because those six of sixes that you had were not going to flourish in round three and round four. Needless to say, what? We move on. We go to the American Express. It was a good weekend. Um, wish we had that sub 10% six of six ownership. Maybe got some big money there, but we just didn't. Didn't happen this week. All right. So the cut line is here to bring you in-depth analysis of the American Express Open, and we're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They are funny guys. Just kill one of them. To make sure that you're catching big on Sunday. In addition, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax green sides on traps and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. Cha-cha-cha. There's a cut line this week. Woo! But you need leverage. I know I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports at FanshareSports.com. Even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly important. The guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. So if you're not subscribed, there's a very easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com. In the discount code option, write the word CUTLINE, and you'll receive 20% off your membership. Remember, ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. Of course, we want to give a shout-out to PGA Tour and Fantasy National. You want to build stronger lineups, both Zach and my process. Zach's not here. What am I saying Zach for? Anyways, they give me a huge leg up when uh, compared to the rest of the industry. Your lineup's in the gutter. It's probably because you're not using Fantasy National. You're not using the PGA Tour. You're not using FanShare Sports. And you're ending up on the wrong end of the flagstick. Question is, how are your lineups doing? No good. No bueno. All right, California. American Express Open. Two courses that don't really have a lot of teeth. This week, the golfers will play the stadium course, the Nicholas course, in the BEA beautiful town of La Quinta, California. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. These courses here are not vastly unique from one another. Um, maybe some subtle differences here. And to be here, to be fair, like they play very, very similar. And I guess some correlated courses would like be like Club Day, Chapultepec, TPC Boston. And, you know, this really was a special tournament because it was a program, but now it's different, right? We have a huge, massive field of 152 golfers. And they're going to be looking at two courses, and then on Saturday, Sunday, probably playing at the at the stadium course, which is going to be set up way easier than it normally is, right? All right, so two hours drive east from L.A. Um, one's a Pete Dye course, one's a Nicholas course. The TBC Stadium course, of course, is Pete Dye, and Nicholas course is, you know, made in 1987. Both are par 72s, both roughly 7,200 yards long, and... I would say that the stadium course would be the harder of the two in this rotation. There's water of play in nine holes. There's a lot of bunkering, and it's a good test of die, peat die golf. And we know that's putting, short game, stuff like that. Um, one key thing I want to point out here, all right? Everyone's going to look at this grass and say it's Bermuda greens, Bermuda grass, but Bermuda's gone dormant, all right? You're going to see a lot of overseed from ryegrass, maybe some poa. You know, it's just, it's it's going to be a lot of overseeding here. And 
I wouldn't. I would not even be shocked if the Bermuda looked almost dead in certain spots of the rough. Um, they might have taken care of it. I'm not sure what the greenskeepers did. But well, to say that you're going to be looking at Bermuda splits, I think, would be necessarily a mistake just because of the time of year. The grass is dead dormant. Okay. You might want to lean towards bent POA performance instead of Bermuda. That's some advice. I think it diversifies your lineups if you are highly valuing put- putting. But, um, you know, it's one thing to look at. Uh, metrics that I'm going to be looking at, par 5 scoring, birdies are better. Scoring, 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 scoring. That's the key. Like, these are both very easy courses. You want to take advantage of that. Weather-wise, there really doesn't seem to be a weather advantage right now. Saturday gets a little bit of gust, um, but I'm not too concerned because we're after the cut line. Not going to get really any tee time waves or advantages there. So, again, like I said, par 5 scoring, birdie are better. Strokes gain around the green, ball striking, scrambling. DraftKings scoring, of course, my own personal metrics that I'm looking at in my model. But the question is that you're asking, well, who in the world do I play this week? These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. So this is the cut lines birdie or better segment where I will go in from the top tier 11k range all the way through the 7k range and tell you guys the picks that I am interested in. First of all, I'm going to say a little disclaimer for this weekend. This is normally a pro-am. In those pro-ams, golf is slow. Pros and amateurs alike combined. The amateurs are bad at golf. These rounds are long. Needless to say, you look at course history here, and you are basing it off of three courses, and you are also basing it off of the fact that you have to tackle just the pro-am itself, the concept of it, the mental anguish of golfing for that long. I know you guys say it's it's fine, it's a pro golfer. Look, some of these players have to hate pro-ams. So I'm going to tell you this. I don't know how much weight I'm going to give course history here at the at the American Express. It's a different game now. There's no amateurs here. There's only two courses. It's a massive field. Money's on the line. FedEx points are on the line. So it's going to be interesting how we're going to watch ownership this week and how guys kind of fit this course. And this is where it's going to get interesting, especially in this 9K range, 10K range. All right. So we're going to start up here in the 10k range 11k range and the golfers i like specifically here reed kepka Cantley, and i don't like finau i think finau here gets too chalky and i'm going to take the risk of fading him now the only way that changes is if patrick reed which right now is looking pretty popular gets higher ownership right reed has been on fire since last year he always goes under owned in my opinion which is which is a sad sad thing because he's such a great golfer people just think you know he's, he's a terrible person whatever the case may be but it's about ownership here and how you're going to leverage the field so are you going to get low ownership single digit ownership on brooks kepka i think if you do you have to take him in gpps now obviously if you want to eat chalk feel free go ahead do it 
Like I have nothing wrong with that and diversify elsewhere. Like you want to diversify in this loaded field? Absolutely. It's loaded top to bottom. But I think if you want to start off right from the back, you do it at the top. Because most golfers, most amateur players and DFS players are going to be looking at the top and saying, hey, I'm going to roster this guy, this guy, and this guy. And no one's going to be more popular than Reed. No one's going to be more popular than Cantlay. So um, it's kind of interesting to see how it goes. First of all, Let's go straight to Finau. I said I'm going to fade him because of ownership, but that could change. Now, at the Tournament Champions, finished 31st, looked bad. At the OHL, finished 8th. Masters finished 38th. Kind of kind of has to top five here at that price. And we know that course history here, not really taken into account, but he finished 14th in 2020. The thing I don't like about Finau is that he just hasn't been playing lights out lately. He is number one in my scoring model, don't get me wrong. 12th in my overall model. He's fourth in my aggregate model, number one in the confidence ranking. And it's going to come down to ownership for me. If Finau is going to be reduced ownership because people think that his recent form is terrible and he can't win, and the common narrative that even I, you know, spit out on this show about how he can't win, Tony Finau is the play. But again, it's all coming down to ownership. We know Cantlay is good. We know Kepka is good at golf. We know that Patrick Reed is good at golf. This is where you evaluate ownership in this range. If you're playing an MME, you want to leverage there at the top, feel free. And ownership could change. It may not be a huge leverage spot, right? If all these guys are sub 20%, I don't think you're going to leverage here. You just play the guys you like. But the point being, if you got someone like Cantlay coming in at 26, 28%, he does he, he does not have a better chance to win than Kepka, Finau, or Reed, in my opinion, and you just you just fade that. And again, it's a it's a fade. It's not like cancel them out, cross them out of your player pool. Not by any means. You want every opportunity to win. But the fact being that ownership here is gonna be pivotal. Okay. With this massive field on top of that, you're gonna have a very low six of six rate unless the chalk hits again, which oh would be abysmal. Okay, so when we look at the confidence model, of course, it always puts Reed lower than it should be, puts it down at number 20, took Kepka at number 17, and then Finau is number one, and Cantley is number three. One thing I want to point out, and you can find this on Fanshare Sports, Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric. This thing is usually on fire. If you're not part of Fanshare Sports, you got to check it out. Anyways, Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric, meaning like the, the player's actual course fit based on stats, history, whatever the case may be. Finau ranks 73rd in the field. That is concerning for this course specifically. 73rd. So I'm going to point that out there. All right, let's go down to the 9K range. The 9K range is a few guys that I like. Okay, first of all, Sung JM, Matt Wolf, Scotty Scheffler. I like him. Ricky Fowler is the fade of the year for me. I'm not going to play him no more, no longer, no matter how he plays. Kevin Na coming off a win. No, thank you. Not going to play you. Abraham Answer, I do like you, but you are going to be part of the player pool, but just not massively enough. Now, remember how I started this segment. Course history. Here is Russell Henley. Here is a Russell Henley that could potentially be low-owned, simply because of his course history miscut 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 49th if players are going to look at russell henry's recent form at this course in particular they are underpressed they are underwhelmed it does not look good but the fact is henley ranks number three in my scoring model number one in my overall and aggregate models 
And then number two in my confidence model. He is an insanely good play and an opportunity to go reverse of the pro-am concept. Now, if Russell Henley ends up being chalk, I won't be surprised because that means just all my you know, counterparts on their shows are talking about the same thing. The same concepts, the same ideas, but I love Russell Henley in this spot. If he comes in at reduced ownership, I'm going to be all over him. Vegas loves him too, by the way. All right, so when we go to uh, Sung JM, going back up to that 9,900 spot, he's been playing very well lately. Um, had him in the last, you know, two tournaments, but the the fact is he finished 56th at the Sony. He underperformed, finished 5th at the TOC, has finished 10th and 12th here before. Again, we're looking at scoring. You look at Matt Wolf scoring, top 10 in scoring. Sanjay in my top 10, top 5 in my scoring model. Scotty Scheffler, top 20 in my scoring model. Both these guys are great approach players, great skill players, elite players. And the overall stat model, both are top 20. In the confidence model, both are top, all three are top 10. Aggregate model, all three are top 20. If you look at the projection, the standard projections, all three are top 11. You look at the average style projections, M and Matt Wolf are top seven. Okay. So it really kind of smells like you need some stars and scrubs. I think this is the route you go. You can hang in there with this 11K or this 9K range. Now, if you look at Russell Henley, if he is chalk, that's where you're going to have to make a decision. Can you play him? Can you not? I'm going to lean towards yes. Okay. I'm going to lean towards yes because simply said, his metrics just stand out. And I think you could potentially get some leverage in like a single entry, right? Because players are going to second guess, well, do I really want that course history in my single entry play? I don't know. So ownership will be up later today on Fanshare Sports. You can check that out. But um, as of right now, we're just kind of looking at some pre-numbers and stuff like that. Down in the 8K range, I know it'd be nice to go back to Phil Mickelson. He's just too old now. I can't do it anymore. Can't play Phil. And I think a lot of people are going to end up on champ if they fade that 9K range. Um, Right now, I got him projected at like less than 10% ownership. So that means he does come into play because he is a decent enough player but the fact is i don't think he necessarily fits this course in terms of scoring he's not long term wise the best score so that concerns me he only ranks like 68th in the last 50 rounds in my scoring model so so that's something that I'll, and he's overpriced cam champ at 8900 no thank you paul casey not gonna go that route i think this course does fit his style though um in terms of the, the style projection, he ranks number four. In my confidence, ranking number 31, aggregate number 35. But then we go down to Lanto Griffin and Adam Long. Both are sub 10%. I already bet Lanto to top five. Um, I'm going to continue to do that. And no longer are we going to see the days of 6K Lanto Griffin. By the way, that's gone. It's over. He's too good of a golfer. He's not going to be in the 6K. I'm sorry to say that, Rick. He's gone. You're not going to get that value. But he's 18th in the approach model, top 30 in the scoring metric model, in my overall stat model, 34th, top 25 in my confidence, top 25 in my aggregate model. Adam Long, almost the same difference, but we're going down a few spots, top 30 in all those that I mentioned. The thing I like about them, though, is that they're scorers. The one concern I have about Long, and probably why he is single-digit ownership, is his approach. His approach has been on fire in the last 12 rounds, but... His last 12 rounds come at the OHL, the RSM, and the Houston Open. So he hasn't played in a while. Historically, the approach, middle of the field, 42nd, 46th, right? So you got to wonder if this break is going to affect his game. It might. 
So that's why I'm going to go under the field in Adam Long. Even though we're getting a single-digit ownership, this is a pivot play. This is something I'm going to say, okay, he played well before the break. Coming out of the break, we may continue to see good play, and I think that's a key part. Sam Burns loves to burn people and totally fits this course. Totally fits this course. He's 24th in my confidence ranking 19th in my aggregate ranking you know he's a scorer top 15 historically last 50 rounds he ranks 31st in the field in the last 24 rounds he's third in the field you look at his course history here it's impeccable with a sixth and an 18th finish and you're getting him an 8300 i'll take the top 20 absolutely but he hasn't played since the houston open so that concerns me okay that concerns me he's a great putter on bermuda and hopefully people are buying into that but guess what this isn't bermuda yeah, technically it's Bermuda greens, but we are not looking at that. We are looking at the fact that this Bermuda grass is gone dormant. That green's going to be different. Sam Burns, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like him. I just don't like him this week. We'll talk about it more a little bit later. All right, go down to Siwoo Kim and Brian Harmon. Siwoo Kim, oh, I wish I had more of him last weekend. I really do. Uh, finished 25th. Brian Harmon finished 56. Both made the cut last weekend. Siwoo, historically here, had a withdrawal 40th in the top 10. And then Brian Harmon, great course history. A four of five made cuts with an average finishing position of 14th place. And you're getting that at $8,100. Long term, Siwoo Kim is not the scorer, but has been playing very well in his last 36 rounds. He ranks top 30 in the last 36, last 24 rounds. He ranks 39th, though, in the last 12. So he might be losing a little bit of edge here. So be cautious with Siwoo Kim. But um, I still like him. I'm still going to go back to him. Brian Harmon here, I think, is the key pivot, though. He's a great scorer and a decent enough approach player. Um, but recent form is kind of questioning that. You know, you look at the 12, 24, round, last 24 rounds. But historically, a great scorer. So I'm going to look at that and kind of value that over his approach game. He does fit this course well. Ranks top 10 in my uh, confidence model. So I think Brian Harmon absolutely is in play this weekend. And that would basically round out this whole 8K range for me. And we're going to go down to the 7K. And there are plenty of options here. But specifically, I'm looking at Cameron Davis, Joel Dahman, Doc Redman, Lucas Glover, Cameron Tringale, Sepp Straka, Streelman, Knox, Naismith, going back to him, and Andrew Landry. Now, the 7K range has a lot of options. Like, you could play Zach Johnson. Wouldn't hate it. You could play... Chucky three sticks wouldn't hate it. You could play Grio. I think Grio's an option this weekend that I'm going to have pieces of. I'm just not going to talk about him on the show because you're talking about approach play onto small greens. We know that Grio dominates that style. Of course, we've seen it before. We've seen it, the, it all over the place. I mean, we saw him finish 47th, eighth at the OHL, 18th at the RSM. So Grio's in play as well. I just think the 7K range is where it's going to make or break your builds. Again, this is where course history comes into play. Okay. Looking at Chucky three sticks specifically. Missed the cut last year, but 34th, 20th, 12th, 11th. People are going to see that. Looking at Glover. Missed the cut, 12th, 29th, 41st, 17th. People are going to lend and tailor themselves towards these guys that have made the cut here at the American Express. But the Pro-Am is over. The slow golf is over. I think this is key to point out. All right. I'm going to go straight to my player pool builder here. In the player pool builder, I, I've shared this out on Twitter before. This is not like opinions-based at all. All it does is take simple weighted metrics and ranks them out, okay? And it does this based on the pricing field. So, for example, if I went up to the top range, down to the 7K range, it would rank them out. 
your rank for the 7K range, top 10. Very simply said, with every kind of format directly, Doc Redman, Zach Johnson, and Griot. The three guys, well, I just talked about. I haven't talked about Redman yet, but I did bet Redman to win, man. Odds are too good to pass up. After that, Kirk Davis, Joel Dahman, Tringale, Sepp Straka, Lucas Glover, and dare I say, Aaron Wise. All right? That is the top 10 in the 7K metrically, right? That's without looking into it with my own mind, my own opinions, and everything of that nature. That's the top 10 metrically. Now, guys, I like who aren't in the top 10. Matt Naismith. Matt Naismith is not in the top 10, but fits this course. Looks great in my confidence model. Looks great in my aggregate model. Both are top 30 and top 15, respectively. Top 25 in the overall model. And in my scoring, historically, is an incredible score. What did in Matt Naismith last weekend? The mother couldn't make a putt. Couldn't do it, right? Missed the cut. I'm okay with that. I'm going to go jump right back on Matt Naismith. I'm going to bet him the top five. Absolutely. I'm going to bet him to win. I get it. The putter was bad. Fine. Bad putting happens to everyone. Look at Tiger Woods. He's had bad putting events before. Dustin Johnson's putter was dead two years ago. Dead. It was awful. It's back now. Won the Masters. So these golfers, putting, it's so fickle. We're not on Bermuda really anymore. We're taking that into account. I love Naismith at this spot. All right. Um, Dahman, Redmond, and Glover, like I was talking about before, all great scorers, people that we're going to want in our lineups. The thing is, though, it's like it's like, like you can't fit them all. Um, the unique build obviously is to go like a 7K structure and maybe one 8, 9K guy. If you do that, you're, you're going to diversify right away because there's no one really popping here in terms of ownership except for Doc Redmond at 14, 15%. And he's always going to be kind of talked up. You know, you could think... Um, plenty of people that that help talk up Doc Redman on a weekly basis and and elevate that ownership. And then of course uh Sepp Straka and Cameron Davis. The issue with Sepp Straka's ownership here, he's such a terrible putter. And and if he's gonna be 15%, eh, we'll talk a little more about him in a different segment. But anyways, eighth in my aggregate model, 20th in my overall model. And of course Cam Davis ranks number 11 in my overall stat model so i like this 11 like the 7k range i think there's a lot of opportunity here if you're going to look at like long-term form if, in terms of scoring you're looking at guys like jt poston gary woodland lucas glover cam davis doc redmond these guys are scorers right historically they've been really good scorers in the last 50 rounds these guys rank in the top 15 right it's just in the last 12 24 rounds since the covid comeback they've been off so if you really want to leverage ownership here or there, look at those guys. Look at JT. Look at Woodland Glover. I mean, Gary Woodland's a pretty good golfer. I, I I would totally leverage that spot at sub 5%, $7,700, okay? When you look at the confidence model, though, they don't fit that high. And why? Because some recent form has been suspect and questionable at best. Some of these guys don't necessarily fit the course as well. But again, this is a different style course in terms of like, what is happening? The pro-am is over. I can't stress that enough. All right. When you look at the basically, you know, average finishing position historically, again, not taking it too far in account, but I do want to give you this information anyway. Limited sample size. We're only looking at the five, last five years. Of course, this does not include missed cuts. We're looking at Substrock, who finished fourth last year, and then Andrew Landry finishing average finish place of 10th with two uh, a first place in 2020 and a second place in 2018, a top 30 physician in 2019. So, a lot of options in the 7K range, a lot to dissect. 
I love the challenge here in this range. It's going to offer tons of opportunity for you to build some unique lineups. You need to leverage ownership in this 7K range. I think it's pivotal. I think it's pivotal that you get it right because going down to this 6K range, it ain't looking that pretty. But the question is, who am I not going to play? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this is the Cut Lines signature segment. Can't do it won't do it won't play him who am i not gonna play all right so this comes down to three options and i kind of touched upon them and hinted upon them in the birdie or better segment let's start up at the 11k range look i'm not gonna say full fade can't do it but whatever top tier guy is chalky you pivot okay you pivot and if it's Cantlay at 26, 28%, you pivot. If it's Finau, same thing, you pivot. If it's Reed, eh, probably not going to pivot on Patrick Reed or Brooks Kepka. But still, Cantlay is an option. They're all they're all great players. But you want to get different this weekend, that is one way to do it, okay? Going now straight into my full fades, not going to play them. The first one, Sam Burns. Bermuda Burns, 18%. $8,300, that's a lot of salary to eat up at a guy who could potentially miss the cut this weekend. Hasn't played since the Houston Open. I know it's coming off the long break. I'm not looking forward to it. I, I, I'm just not. He is a good scorer. I get that. He is great in approach. I get that. He's good in fairways and greens, except I don't mind playing other guys in this 8K range who are better or just as good. It's just it's it's just 20% Sam Burns right now. No, thank you. Not going to take pieces of that. And the last guy I'm going to mention who always burns me in the 6K range, Sepp Straka. Can't play it. His putter is too volatile. He's gaining 13, 14, 15% ownership right now, especially from his showing last weekend. I'm not buying it. I'm not going to do it. He's historically an awful putter, bottom 70 of this field in putting long term. He had a great weekend last weekend. It's not going to stay hot. Yeah, he's a great scorer. Yes, it's an easy course great he's awesome on approach i'm just not gonna say that at 7400 step struck is gonna be worth it this weekend will he make the cut possibly is he gonna top four again absolutely not not gonna take step struck in this point not doing it can't do it won't do it all right everyone's favorite the mg let's break it down the monsters and guarantee of the 6k range Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut, miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. (laughs) A monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. This is it, the MG Monsters in Guarantee, where I'm going to look at this 6K range and tell you my Monsters and Guarantees to finish in the top 
top 25, top 30? Is that what we're looking for? Is that what we're looking for? Look, a quick disclaimer on those can't-do-its. Like, if you feel uncomfortable not playing Bermuda Burns, you can obviously bet him. You know you can do that, right? Because that's exactly what I'm going to do to leverage that choice. Come on, guys. They're different environments. They're different elements. You don't need to fade him on the betting market. Don't need to do that. Come on, man. All right, MGs. First of all, I don't know how much chalk you're going to get down here because I usually like fading that heavy chalk. And right now, initial look, you know, someone like Snedeker or Marty Laird are going to get a lot of love because of their official world golf rankings, um, 89th and 94th respectively. But I'm just not sure that even they are going to get a ton of love in this 6K range. There's really some bad golfers down here. So if you don't want to come down this road, you don't want to do a Stars and Scrubs lineup, I think you're better for it. But again, you're shooting for the moon. You're trying to get a little bit diverse. This is the way to do it. So looking at this 6K range, guys I like, Will Gordon, Cameron Percy, Vaughn Taylor, Dana McCarthy, Tyler Duncan, Kyle Stanley, Vincent Whaley, and Adam Schenck. Okay, these are the guys that I like. Now, my MGs specifically. The first one is Will Gordon. I know I talked about him last week. I know he missed the cut last weekend, but historically 34th in the field in the weighted model and approach 35th in scoring in the weighted model and scoring. Oh, you got to take him where he struggles. Obviously is his overall stat rank because he's so terrible off the tee, but guess what? Short course, putting driver away, boom, fits this course just fine for Willie Gordon. Hopefully that putter works this weekend and we'll see him fit just fine just nice here in this opportunity all right next guy i want to mention the guy who i'm going to say is another mg very simply said we are looking at someone like cameron percy why we're worried about percy he can't putt but if the putter gets hot cameron percy can easily easily top 20 here now history does not fare well for percy miscut 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 okay but again Pro-Ams, Pro-Ams, three-course rotation, course after Saturday. You never knew what the weather was like those three tournaments. You don't know where he's starting. I'm going to take a shot on Cameron Percy. Obviously, you don't need a lot. He's only look at sub 1% ownership. One lineup with Cameron Percy and MME, MME 150 max, I'll take it. All right, totally have interest in Vaughn Taylor, Danny McCarthy. I think these are solid 6K options. Of course, Tyler Duncan, 6,800. Kyle Stanley, 6,800. And this is where we go down to Vincent Whaley, right? Those 6,800 guys, you know all about them. You heard them before. Tyler Duncan, you know who he is. Stanley, you know who he is. You know they're hit or miss guys. You know they can make cuts. You know they can play well enough to to to, to score you some, tournament, some tournaments. I mean... Stanley finished 6th at the RSM, missed the cut last weekend. Vaughn Taylor finished 25th and 30th at the RSM. And then you look at Mark Hubbard, he's finished 32nd. And then, of course, you look at someone like Tyler Duncan, who uh, he finished 23rd at the OHL. So Camille Viegas, he's going to be popular with the 6th place at the RSM, 32nd at the OHL. But a lot of guys are going to focus on this like course history here. And, again, I don't know how pertinent it is with playing only two courses, no pro-am, Golf seems kind of regular. These guys hate getting out of the routines, especially the 6K guys don't have the talent and the skill set. But going down to Vincent Whaley at 6,300, because I don't really want to drop below that 6,700, and I am with Will Gordon and Percy, like like I, I said, but he's interesting to me. Um, the guy 
is 25 years old. Okay. He comes out of Georgia Tech on tour. He his his best finish this season was a tie for 23rd at the Mayakoba, tied for 23rd at the Safeway, tied for 28th at Corrales, all right? Best in 2021. Um his career low round is a 65, so we know he can score. In his best 2020 results, he had a top 10 at the Puerto Rico Open. Of course, a tie, t- tied for 29th here at the American Express. I know I wasn't talking about course history, but I like Whaley here as just a sleeper, top 20 sleeper, right? Another MG for me. Stat-wise, it's not going to pop. There's just not enough data on this guy. But the fact is, he, he makes some interesting lineups for me especially at that price at 6300 It's just a pivotal price right there. So let's go. I want to mention Am Shank. Who doesn't want a little shank in their lineup, right? Who doesn't want a little shank in their swing? That's it, man. I'll do it for this MG Monsters guarantee in this 6K range. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. This was the Cut Lines Breakdown of the American Express. Join us next week. We break down the farmers. San Diego. San Diego. Special shout out to San Diego. Tory Pine, San Diego. Boom. Big shout out to Fanshare Sports. Want to give a huge shout out to you, the listener. Thank you for spending your time with me. It's a fun show. Love your suit. Let's go and get them. Get them on Sunday. 